1: Shopping for humans is hard. Shopping for your dog is easy, thanks to Bark. Every month, we deliver toys and treats just for your dog. Whether it's fun, plush, or tough toys for heavy chewers, we spoil all the dogs. Subscribe now and get a free upgrade at BarkBox.com iHeart.
2: It's just part of what makes us
3: America's number one breaks destination.
0: Hey
2: everyone, it's Johnny from the Johnny Drinks Podcast. If you like what you hear, please feel free to share with a friend, leave a review, a little goes a long way. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode.
3: Welcome to the Johnny Drinks Podcast. I am your host today. This is John. I'm joined by my son. I guess I'm
2: not your co-host. You're the host now.
3: I'm the host. Well, maybe I should. Would you mind leaving for a few minutes by talking to my friend Anthony Martin?
2: I'll I'll sit back.
3: All right. So we are joined here today by a friend of mine who is more than a friend. He has accomplished a lot. And we're going to share some pretty cool stuff. Um, Let him tell some of his story, some of the things that have... I think as an as an adult, you learn along the path um, of growing, and some of the pains, and some of the more exciting things that we like to celebrate in life. Um, My son John is here, obviously. That's Johnny. He's our. I'll be the co-host today. Thank God. Yeah. So we got this little dynamic going. Um, But I want to just jump right in because uh, Anthony drove all the way in from Wayne, New Jersey, Mm. and. Let's start with, how how did your day start this morning? Well, <laughs> I try to tell my
4: son all the time, that if you're not 15 minutes early, or late. <laughs> and uh, luckily today, I, I I actually practiced that. So I actually tried to come here a half hour early, and I wound up being 15 minutes late because when I walked out to get in my car, I look at it, and it's flat, and it's a huge nail in the car. Oh. So luckily, I didn't try to time this right because I would probably have been an hour late. And um, I immediately texted John, and I said, I got a little problem here, and I'm probably going to make it on time. But, you know, uh, anyway, it worked out. I got through it. I got here only a couple of minutes late. And uh,
3: and that's a good point, because you should always prepare and plan. For the worst. Right? <laughs> plan for the worst and expect the best. Yes. So because, again, what was otherwise going to set us off, all of us, our whole day would, would have probably been much different. Um, that would have taken an hour extra you were prepared and kind of here we ended up maybe only 15 minutes late. No big deal. Cool. Well, I'm glad you made it here. Okay. And, um, I do want to, again, talk about a lot of different things with you. I want to give a little bit of background. You are multi talented. You've started in a, an industry in the music industry, I guess, just kind of, you know, teetering around. You've done that a long time. You've, uh, um, had a band. Yes. And years. you've actually, yeah, and then had a profession. It was always a side thing. Always a side thing. I'm not to suggest he was a headliner. I wanted any to be means. a rock star, but you know. Had that, and how that worked out. <laughs> yeah.
4: You know, maybe in other ways, uh, uh, it, it panned out in other ways. So. Yeah. It was yeah. always there, though. Well,
3: there's always something that yeah. springboards. I met my wife because of it. So oh, there I mean, you go. Like,
4: I mean, if that's not. There you go. Word,
3: something else comes from it, no springboards into something forward. Um, and so you have your full time. Um, livelihood career, which is in the advertising space. But I uh, I definitely want to touch on all of that. I also want to dig into the fact that you made a movie and there's not a lot of people I know that actually come up with an idea with some friends, let's say, and you're going to expand on it and then actually follow through with it and create a movie that you could go and search for on um, what like Netflix on all the platforms
4: on, on the on most of the pla- Apple uh, iTunes and right. Amazon and
3: and it's there. Lionsgate
4: I, put it out. Really? So, wow. What's it called? It's a real movie. My Man is a Loser.
3: Wow. <laughs> no, sorry, Anthony.
4: <laughs> <laughs> That's fans. so interesting. When when was this? Uh, Twenty fifteen. So. Um, we're gonna get right into this. Yeah, I was gonna say get into right, into right into it. it. So, bring us, uh, bring us back. You, you, we've all done this, where you're sitting with friends and you're laughing and joking around about something. I'm like, Haha, we should make a movie. We actually like did it. <laughs> you know? So we were uh, sitting around just talking about life and you know job and marriage and you know you're married a lot of years and uh, you know marriage is tough, right? There's ups and downs. And we we're all talking about you know how. There's times where our wives love us and our wives hate us. So um, we started telling these funny stories about marriage and we're like, we should make a movie. So, you know, it was one of those comments we all make and that never happens.
3: And there had to be alcohol problems. <laughs> of, sure. course, of
4: course. Right. Um, but two, two of the, uh, my friends who were, who were uh, there were actually came back a couple of days later. Like, I think we're going to make a movie. And they did most of the, the hard work where, you know, they came up with the idea, they contacted, and um, outsourced to, to, to some players where we got some interest, and they went through all the steps. They actually did a thing on a, it was called... Um, 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 there was a website that, that you could go on, uh, Extra Normal, I think it was called, where you go on and you can type content in, and it's two cartoon characters talking to each other. So, they so had, that kind of animation, like animation, it was a husband and wife, and oh. it's like animated. Mm-hmm. And you just put the content in, and it just speaks. Okay, and it's these little shorts. Okay, and what they did was uh, they had the husband coming home from a work industry event, which we might get t- later sure. about the industry events that right. I have in advertising, where you just live in fantasy land, where you're uh, somewhere in the world, and you know it's very glitzy. And then you come home back to reality, but in this little short, what he's thinking is what he's actually saying. And she's like, you know, you know, she comes, he comes in, and you know, she hands him the baby and go throw out the garbage. And he's like, I was just, you know, I was just on the table with champagne and con on a yacht, you know, like. And he's thinking <laughs> what he's saying, and I get into this argument. Anyway, think got like a hundred thousand views, hmm. and. Wow. Um, and one thing led to another where um, someone who was involved in Entourage, remember Entourage that great mm-hmm. show, saw it. And this whole concept of, like, can we make a movie? They have some content. The person from Entourage contacted them, like, oh, you should make another one of these shorts. And they're like, actually, we we're thinking about making a movie. And we got connected to some people uh, who worked on that production side. And we hired a, a script writer. So we came up with the money. So we all... The friends came up, we all chipped in, and we came up with a script. And the script was based on stories of us. They they'd interview us and I'm like, well, tell me a story, a funny story about an argument you had with your wife, or a situation where you know something happened. Where, and then he put it all together, and we made this movie. So the constant- so wait,
3: what's, let's let's talk timetable here. Okay. From from the concept, the hanging out with a- did you really have cocktails? You were hanging around drinking, yeah. Hanging, hanging okay. out no, drinking, so, you know, so let's make a
4: movie. And then this was, and this happened around the same time. And we're like, we actually can make a movie, so when, we have an what idea that's that? actually
3: people are interested in. What year is that? The think tank like started twenty, in, late
4: 2013. I right, saw so
3: 2013, 2015 is when the movie came. You guys out. have this epiphany of a brainstorm idea, and from there, you Seriously, and, it, and it's my it? two friends
4: Eric Bamberger, David Golan. They were doing all the work, you know. We were, we were part of the group and said, All right, we'll we'll throw you in money fund it, right? And uh, we'll do it. All right, I so want to being in the movie at the end. Uh, me and Michael Rappaport get I have Michael Rappaport in a headlock, no right. way,
3: right? But hold on, let's let, let's not give up the whole thing here <laughs> okay. because there's so much, there is so much that is needs to be shared and told about this. And I want those who are listening to understand this timetable, right? Things number one. Everything takes time, everything takes money, everything takes a commitment and a depth of of a level of seeing things through. So 2013, you have the idea, you get the screen, you get the ideas and you go to a, a screenwriter, someone to write out the script. Okay. Yep. So what year was that or how long did it take from the idea to get this, the script? Probably a year out? before.
4: I mean, I'm trying to think back now. Right. I, no. I would say 20, probably 2014, a year before, you know, we, so, you know, versions of the script came through mm-hmm. and we kept on looking at them. And then we actually didn't know if we were actually going to make the movie until we saw the script because we just invested in someone writing a script. Sure. Which wasn't cheap, by the way.
3: Oh, that, that, so that's the point. So now you now you have a script; it costs money, yeah. and now the reality of it becomes: well, we have to pay for this, right? Yeah. So walk through. And some, there's two some ways
4: to actually make a movie. You can make the movie, finish it on your own, and then go and sell it to the uh, distributors. Okay. Or you can have an idea and have the distributors invest in it. Much harder to do, especially if, you know new guys on the block like us. You know, it's, it's We're going to go pitching. You know you know Buena Vista and Lionsgate and you know, they weren't going to invest in right. them so we came up with the money we hired the talent everybody you know one thing one thing just leads to another you meet someone who knows this person who knows that person and everything kind of just comes together and that's the process we went. We made the movie first and then went out and sold it but um, as the script changes were coming in we finally got to the point where like this is pretty funny and I had other people read it I'm like let's do it let's go I don't know, how, much, how much is the budget? You know, What do we need? And um, we all pretty much um, put up
3: all the money for the movie. Um, how much? A group of us. How much is it? I think it was around $4 million. Okay. $4 million yeah. to carve out and make your own movie and yeah. then go to the production studios, right? Oh, yeah. Or the studios to actually
2: buy it? Distribute it. Oh, distribute it. Okay. Yeah. Right. Do you have an There's idea of ways to do it? Yeah. Did you have an idea of how much money this could make you? Well, I kept on thinking, like, if it was four
4: million and I put in a chunk of that, all you have to do is, you know, I see these movies by other, like, you know, Adam Sandler had some great movies and had some bombs, and the bombs, you know, do 20 million in a box. So I'm like, okay, wait, if we can do five, six times what our investment oh, yeah. is, you know, after paying out everybody, maybe we double or triple our money. Great investment. Mm. Yeah. So that was kind of the idea that went into it, you know, but the more money you spend, you're risking on your, your return on investment. So, and we had to make conscious decisions where at first it was 3 million and it was three and a half and it was four. Do you go to six? Do you go to seven? You know, well, I would think as, as you have to cut at some point, you know, and the only problem was, was is we were all like, it was a wild, wild west. We really didn't know what the hell we were doing. Mm -hmm. You know, we had funny ideas and we had some people in there, but ultimately we were the decision makers and you have. You know, fifty people telling you to do something different, and you have to make up your mind. In hindsight, we made a lot of mistakes. Sure, you
3: know, mm-hmm. but so I would think as you carve out a budget after you have the script, why the number keeps going up has a lot to do with who you're going to cast. Yeah, who 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 you who you're going to give the script to to read, and then in turn pay them yep. to be a star in the show. So why don't you share who you had as the star? supporting yeah. cast well let me tell you a little bit about
4: the movie and then okay, you we know, will see how the cast okay. actually fell into the right place so like i said of you know, so the, the movie was about married guys trying to sell their internet company like mm-hmm. ring a bell mm-hmm. as, as we later talk and um you know how and married people can 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 uh, relate to this is that you know when you first meet your spouse you're the coolest thing in their eyes you are you know like you're amazing. There's nothing you can do wrong. And as time goes on, it's just natural. Our kids come, and life comes, and you're not as cool, and you might not be as special as you once were, because you know that's that's what happens. Especially you go down to me being, you know, me and my friends. Like we've gone down the pecking order. It's like you know, you know daughter, son, dog, sure. you know, husband. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but uh, the idea was uh, in the movie where uh, these guys want to really. Um, get back, get their wives to fall in love with them again, okay? And they have one friend who is still single, who was the coolest, he dressed cool, he looked cool, women loved him, he was spontaneous, He was, and these guys just lost their way. They weren't, they weren't the guys they once were, but he was going to teach them to be the guys they once were and oh. be cool again so their wives fall back in love with them.
3: That was the idea of the movie? That was the idea of the movie. That's sick. Sounds so, like a good idea. Who
4: do you get to play that single guy, that cool older single guy who has the look and everything? We got the
2: perfect actor.
4: This is what I thought, like, this is going to be amazing. John, John Stamos. Stamos. No. I mean, like. Wait, I swear <laughs> to God, I didn't know. That.
2: I Really? On my life, that was me guessing. Really? I swear to God. That's amazing. Wow. I, I'm blown. Wow. Because <laughs> you didn't even know anything about the movie. Stamos. On you my life, that was, that was a totally straight up it. guess right now. Yeah. You didn't know that. I swear to God.
3: Well, I guess you did your research before the podcast then, huh? That
2: is insane. Wow. We're just we're right here, man. That is. That's Holy I mean, could you think of a better no. person to play that no, role? No, you really couldn't.
4: I mean, he's got a following, you know. He's he's a, he's a well-known act. He's, you know, great looking even the sure. person that did it with the guy, he's just, you know.
3: And, so. I mean, meaning, you know, listen, that's 2000 2014. Today he's still very okay. relevant, yeah. right? So think about what his height then then as it is now. So how do you you have a Wow, great! Wow, leading role actor in John Stamos, and it still fails. It doesn't do well. <laughs> I and like, talk talk about some of the support.
2: oh yeah, yeah way to ruin the surprise. Yeah, uh, well,
4: it failed in uh, some ways, but it was a success in others. So, uh, so then the married guys, you know, the guys who were part of the movie, uh, Michael Rappaport, just funny, mm. great actor, right? Uh, just just all around, he was perfect for the role. And then Brian Callen, which you may know, he's a comedian. He yeah. was in a bunch of the Hangover movies. He's, and he's, he's all great. over the place. He's great. He is I mean, a podcast too. Yeah. And Antika Sumter, who was up and coming then. And she's, done, she's gone on to a lot of other roles. Um, she was um, one of the stars in the movie as well. And as we had all these other, you know, we had like lives, live newscasts where like Maria Barnaroma, she did a thing on like, you know, the the inter- internet industry. And then we just flashed to her for a second at the time. And we did... Um, uh, Susie Orman, uh, you know, advice on, yeah, you know, like, and then she was in it. Wow. She did a cameo. We had um um uh Ronnie the limo driver from Howard Stern. Yeah, you had <laughs> some pretty it. big. So you know, and then Howard Stern started talking about it. There was a little buzz. You know, we figured you know, we ha- we had all the right pieces. Yeah. Um, the problem is, is that you know you have the script, and at first you get it, and it's you know. Funny, raunchy in a good way, and then like, okay, let's lighten it up a little bit. Let's make it more you know, palatable to a, a wider audience. You start listening to people, and you start making edits, and maybe it wasn't as funny as it first was. Right, we had more of like an old school, um you know, those, those movie old school, where like that kind of vibe into
3: it, and we kind of made it more like, well let's let's
4: let's appeal to you know, like you know audience so you so guys started changed, just the males you know
3: so you changed off your instinctful direction because of who producers or people that you
4: everyone a lot of people telling you like you know let's let's just have a wider audience you can you can make more money you could have more of an appeal you know if you soften it up a little bit you have you know instead of it all coming from an angle of a bunch of dudes like well, let's and you, you know, start making cuts, and, and you start and anything when you start making cuts, sometimes it chops up things you, it, you, know, it doesn't flow as that well. That gets as you into envisioned. a point where do you invest more money? Now we're, we're filming it. And it's like, well, we, since we took out these parts, we need to connect the story better. Do we invest more money into it? And we actually did. Like three months later, we had the crew back in, come back in and kind of fill in some gaps. And um, look, I think the money, the movie is f- funny. Like there are very funny scenes in this movie where it's, it's completely worth your time watching it. You know, you're not going for the drama of the story. You know what I mean? From this movie, it's quick laughs. You know, it's the it's it's that, and it definitely has that. The problem we ran into in the end is so you get to you go to the, to the distributor portion of it, and there's lots of deals you can make where you know you get a bigger cut, uh, or you get less of a cut depending on. Um, you know, if you want more money up front, more money on the back end and uh, lesser known distributors were offering more aggressive deals. But we went with Lionsgate figuring it's Lionsgate. Really? I mean, Lionsgate wow. serious, right? But we gave up the farm. to go to Lionsgate. We figured, okay, they'll get paid. They'll make their money. And then if it does well, you know, it's Lionsgate. It's going to give us serious credibility. Well, what we learned is a lot of these studios, they have to check the boxes, right? Yeah. You know, put out a certain amount of movies a year. And the movie became a, a tree that fell in the forest. No one really knew about it. If it just got its due, people would have watched it. Just for the actors. Just for watching Rappaport and Stamos.
3: Maybe we could know, rejuvenate it Brian Callan
4: and Tico Sumter. Yeah. Just for that alone. Um, you know, there was a few, like, you know, uh, Stamos went on Kimmel. He did go on Good Morning America. And Rappaport did a few things. And Howard Stern mentioned it. But it wasn't enough. Like, it wasn't a wide distribution, you know. Uh, and it kind of just petered out. So, but it was an amazing experience. I got to meet amazing people. Um, You know, it was uh, just the hook of learning the process and everything. You know, it's, uh, you know, so, you know, we didn't make money at the end. The movie should have been called my producers are losers because we didn't make (laughs) any money. (laughs) But uh, as far as the the movie, I'm very, I'm pretty proud of it. I think it's funny and uh, there's some, there's some really great scenes in it. We're gonna so have to watch it. To watch maybe
3: if maybe we can, like I said, rejuvenate it, bring it back to life, and who knows? Maybe it comes out of the. Dull well, so now, we, yeah. where does it? Right, it could
4: be one. of I always thought it could be a cult movie one yeah, day. Maybe you know. Where is the stream now? Still Netflix. It's on uh, Apple, uh, I guess iTunes, Amazon um, Prime. You can pull it up. There. Oh, so I
3: was gonna say with Google,
5: just type in out. "My
4: Man Is a Loser." You'll see the trailer come up, and <laughs> I have an IMDb. So in, in the end scene, there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a fight at the end. And like I said, Michael Rappaport and I get into a little little, little, little Yeah, uh, you have you a,
3: a cameo. We call it a cameo,
4: right? So in the IMDb, IMDb it says Anthony Martinelli, Big Goon and Bar, um, and producer.
3: That's awesome. <laughs> wow. So this says it's uh, available on Voodoo, Plex, YouTube for $4. What's the wrong? Google tomatoes? Play, Apple Forward. TV. I, I, yeah. I don't
4: remember, but it, it, was, it was below fifty percent. Wow.
3: Um, you know, but yeah. what's that I say?
4: 24%. Watch the trailer. The trailer. Twenty-four percent. The trailer's great.
3: It is great. I started watching
4: it, I and I got to tell you, I started my watching wife, it my, right before. And they, these guys improv so much. You know, uh, mm. you know what? Did you, my wife thinks I smell like mushrooms when I, you know, I go to bed, and it's just you know, there was a scene where uh, they talk about Amex sex, where where the. Their wives are walking. They're they're doing their morning walk, and they're like, you know, I, you know, I bought you know I bought shoes and I bought a thing, and oh. you know, and <laughs> and my husband gets the bill, the bill, but I make sure to time the bill with Amex sex. Oh, that's so then that, <laughs> that's it's very funny. funny.
3: I saw that scene. Yeah. I, I watched. I tried to watch it a couple of years oh, ago yeah, awesome. when you first introduced it to me, yeah. um, and I just got. I don't. Know, I forget what happened. Never got to the end of it. But all right, I'm going to have to go back. I'm going to revisit this. We may you- have to have a resurgence here in
2: it. Well, yeah, I mean, you know. do you still make royalty on like how does it work per watch? Uh well, Lionsgate has to make their
4: amount and then we get we you know. It's, it's, it's so a it's process. It's, <laughs> well, so they haven't made their amount. We yet. need a, maybe this will be the breakthrough. This podcast,
2: who knows to get a, a little cult could. following to watch could. this movie.
4: All right. So it'll be great. It'd but be so amazing. they have
2: to make their they haven't made their money back yet. Mine's Not
4: right. fully. Okay, so we have to wait for that. Again, a tree that fell in the forest—literally, a tree that fell in the forest. That in the forest. Mm. So
2: that's what I mean. No one's ever heard of
3: it um, outside yep. of your your group and a small percentage of people. I guess that yep. you know took a peek at it,
4: and that's where we went wrong. We should have went for taking a less of a cut mm. and uh, getting a distributor who was going to actually really promote it. And, and in the long run, we would have came out with more. Instead, we we're like, okay, you guys have full control. You do everything. You know, give us more of a cut, but they had to make their
3: money first. Well, that's a good lesson. Listen, yeah. that that's why again, part of sharing this story is in no way, shape, or form to embarrass, right? To say, well, it failed; it didn't do well. If you made a heavy investment, millions of dollars, and you didn't get money back, it's safe to say that was not successful, right? And if chalk the, it up
4: as a loss, as long up as there's more wins than losses in life,
3: that, that's right. And so. <laughs> To that point is the the lessons that you've learned, and if someone else was listening to this, or someone else was to come to you and say, "Oh, I got this great idea. I want to make a movie," you'd be like, "Okay, hold on. Here's what you want to consider." And 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 one takeaway right out of the gate there is um, who you are going to have uh, distribute it right, rather than going big, maybe go smaller, less of a piece uh, of, of your your stock interest in it. So that's really interesting, and and. Uh, thanks for like sharing that, but, um, it it, was
4: an amazing experience. I I wouldn't trade, you know, again, you have to take risk in life to be successful. You have to, I mean, that's the name of the game. You have to be willing to take the risk and know what your risk is. And if you're, you can accept your risk, you know, you're not going to, at the end of the day, you're not going to look at it as a total loss because you knew what you were getting into.
3: And you know what? We're going to talk to Anthony more about that because he knows what it is to take risk. He knows what it is to have benefited by some of the risk and also the flip side of that. But I want to take a break and just come back and then we're going to share a little bit more of what Anthony's successes are.
2: by terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: Shopping for humans is hard. Shopping for your dog is easy thanks to Bark. Every month, we deliver toys and treats just for your dog. They deserve to be spoiled anyway. At Bark, we send your dog a whole new collection of toys and treats made just for them every single month. Whether it's our fun plush toys from BarkBox or our ultra-tough toys from Super Chewer, we give your dog exactly what they want. For a limited time, we'll double your first box for free. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com slash iHeart
6: come.
2: And we're back. So would you would you make a movie again? It's a great question.
4: Um I, I would never want to say never, but um it's a tough business. I mean there are movies out there that are phenomenal. Right. That don't make, you know. It's just like, you know, you're lucky to draw. I mean, think about these movies that became called classics later where they made literally nothing when they came out, you know. Um it's 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 a big risk. And uh I would only make a movie in the future if we had some guarantees um because and you need to have the leeway to actually make the changes too that's what we you know we didn't have we had our little cap here and like okay we hit the ceiling had we made some more changes too i think it would have been it would have come out a lot better
3: but uh, all those changes have a, a denomination yes, of exactly. money to
2: connect and you need to factor it fact
3: right. Right in the beginning
2: right i was gonna ask you like, know? what would you what would be the difference if you started another movie today what would you do differently
4: i would stick to our gut the original idea, where it excited people, we shouldn't have, we, we shouldn't have strayed from that. Yeah, that would be number one. Number two is, you know, the whole uh, distributor being smarter about that. They're going to look at the future. Um, but you know, a lot of things we did right. We had the right actors. You know, we had the right writer. I um, uh, thought the story was great.
2: You know, is there any Like again, you were kind of joking about like this podcast having the resurging. Uh, factor and, and driving and i wasn't planning on this yeah way. but listen but, even, but you never I, know just so you know i don't even know i didn't i walked in here not even knowing a
4: thing what we were going to
2: talk about that's well. why we like it, Keep <laughs> it yeah listen, seriously you never know what could happen but is there like a planned approach that you can take to let's say if you said right now you want to give it another go with this movie do you reach out to people for additional promotion or how does that work
4: honestly um i was the money part
2: of it yeah you know what i mean and and uh, our,
4: our two my two very good friends who were the principals they were more knee deep and they would come back to us and say "Look, well, here are our options here we do but they were the ones that were actually doing all the negotiation and we were just working it you yeah. know outside of it so um you know uh doing it again though, you know i again stick to your laurels stick to the, to the idea that got you there in the first place and i think when you listen to all these people and, and it's just like look at these these huge movies they just that with Multi, you know, hundreds of million dollar budgets fail, right? Because everybody has their input. Just stick to your gut, I think. And I think at the end of the day, if you fail knowing you stuck to your gut, I think you feel better. And then listening to everybody else and then failing, you know, it's like, why did I listen? You know, at least, you know, fall on your own sword. Hmm. Interesting.
2: How was John Stamos as a person? He was
4: awesome. Really? And, you know, casting too, we met a lot of other actors. We met a bunch of the actors from Entourage. um, Oh, that's sick. You know, the guy who played Turtle. Uh, really? And the, um, uh, what was the uh, woman there with the girlfriend? Um,
2: uh, Simone, Simone, I can't uh, help you. I can't help you.
4: I forget. It. Anyway, we met. They were great. We had some really great uh, dinners and stuff. You know, you have this courting at this point because we actually weren't paying them. We were going to give them you know, a cut of the, of the movie. So you're going to, they're courting us because they wanted, you know, they thought it was, was a great script, funny script. And then at the same time, you know, on the reciprocal. But John Stamos was so awesome to hang out with, a real guy. And he would just tell these stories and <laughs> it was crazy. Like he's a music guy. I don't know if you realize this, but he's drummed for the Beach Boys. You know, he's a big music guy. Uh, even on Full House you see a lot of yeah, episodes he where he's drumming. But anyway, he's a big music guy and I'm a big music guy. And we started talking about music and but he would just be like, Yeah, Springsteen was over last week and with a couple of, and we would jamming in him. I'm like, what? That's That's awesome. you, you and bruce were just jamming yeah. you know i'm like i'm sitting with a guy at dinner just telling me like, like he jammed with bruce springsteen I'm like you just you know kind of like it takes you to another uh a level of like wow i can't believe how close i am to like these mega stars but he was just this down-to-earth guy and at the time he was he he i was showing him pictures of my family and he's like you know i really want a family one day i haven't found the right girl and i'm happy now that I, you see all oh, he's he's found you know, he's got a family and, you know, and everything. And he was a real genuine guy. I, I, I loved him. And uh, we've taken, we took walks around the, the street. Where Mercer, you mentioned Mercer Street. He was mentioning Mercer Street um, before. Um, that's one of the streets we filmed on. We, we actually blocked it off. And I remember taking a walk. And uh, he was just telling me about, talking about life. And he's cool guy. My wife fell in love with him the second she saw him. (laughs) Shocker. It was like, uh, you know, can I take my picture with him? (laughs) (laughs) You stay in touch with him still or no? No. Uh, Some of the guys, uh, the guys, the two principals do, though. Cool. I've seen uh, Brian Cowan uh, since. We had dinner a bunch of times. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, he's awesome, too. Great, guy.
2: He's hilarious. Yeah. So you have been with the same job that you were prior to this movie, right? Nothing changed?
4: No, I've same, the same, same group, industry same same industry and industry in the same group of guys for uh over 20 years which wow is amazing you know same core group and we've bought companies and sold companies and got acquired and spun off and it's the same core of, uh, of guys that I've been with and and the same guys who actually were investors in the movie oh you went oh you went to them first no that's these are the guys that we were hanging oh, out with got it. Cool. came up the idea it's my 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 coworkers, my business partners, my best friends. Oh, that's so. interesting. So what what is the what's the company you're with right now? Company's called Zeta Global, and uh, large company now, uh, over 1,500 employees. We're we're public. Uh, we just had an amazing earnings release. Um, you know, for in layman's terms, what we do is we uh, use AI and MarTech to connect um, brands with the Uh, right consumer at the right time through behavioral target. That's part of our business. And then we have an email business and a CRM business. Um, There's different businesses. I'm on the um, what's called programmatic side, um, behavioral advertising. Um, And uh, it's it's an amazing company. We have um, great people. You know, all through my career, I've never been happier working anywhere, even when I own my own company. Um, you know, technology is great, people are great, companies True. really going forward, I couldn't be happier. Really yeah, fun. I
3: mean, David Steinberg, you know, we, we, should, we should get him on David Steinberg, amazing entrepreneur. He's a great guy. You speak amazing highly person. of him all the time. Yeah. And to be honest, you know, when
4: I came into the company, I didn't know what to expect. You know, I was kind of skeptical. I was with the same guys for, you know, 17 years. And I said, I might need a change here, and I'll give this a shot for a couple months. And I was almost planning on walking out the door the second I got in there, and... Once I met the people and I saw the conviction and I saw where the company was going, I was kind of floored. I'm like, I'm going to stick around here. And I'm so happy I did. Um,
3: so share with Johnny, though, too, because now while you have alignment with Zeta Global, David Steinberg and the team that you've always, the players that you've always been around, the team has changed, but the players remain the same, right?
4: Yeah. I mean, we were, we were a core that got acquired by by Zeta Global in 2019. Um and then the story goes back, go back to the mist of time to, and for me, it's, you know, it's the 90s. So I started out in, um, you when know, when you graduate college and like, I'm sure you, you got a bunch of friends do this. Like, what the hell am I going to do? Like, you know, I went, I got this degree and sometimes you, you think you know where you're going to go and you end up somewhere else. And I, you know, I had an economics major and I'm like, I'm going to go into finance. My brother was working on Wall Street, I, you know, and then, um, had a friend who uh, was working in this advertising company. And like, why don't you give this a shot? You know, I'm like, all right, I'll try this. And I walk in and I'm like, wow, this is a pretty glamorous kind of industry where, you know, it was TV spot sales, guys coming in their suits and they're taking out, you know, agency buyers to, you know, shows and you know, there's a whole thing going on and it's the whole entertainment factor. So I thought it was really cool. And I was a smitten from day one. So I did that for a bunch of years. And in this late nineties, this internet thing was happening. It's like people are like, wow, this could be the next level. And one thing led to another where I got an opportunity to go to this internet company called Mail.com. And I was doing really great at the company I was at. I had a really promising career. I was young, you know, I was in my twenties, young early twenties. And I was like, oh, wow, I, just, I think the internet thing could be a great thing. And at the time, you were crazy to go into the internet over TV because people weren't making money. And I the day I quit, they're like, how the hell are you gonna make money? In the internet, I'm like, what's the worst gonna happen? I'll fail and come back, you know. Like, so you know, and then you know, we all know the wave. You know, it this is off. like 1999. So think wow. about what was going on then. Um, but no one knew at the time. So
3: what was going on then? Because a lot of young people listening don't understand that <laughs> that was the was 98, 99, A Google wasn't even Google, right? Think about it. Facebook didn't exist. Yep, and it was the precursor to the Y2K technology pivot changing and the threat of yeah. the financial world everything coming to an end so there was a lot of emphasis at that time around technology right yep. and things that you're talking about the the precursor to what is now just so easy to go google and search and yep. and utilize the internet it was not the case so well, we're on dial-up then you, you were you were pu- don't, you, don't, you
4: don't even know what dial-up is like hit this keystroke and wait like a minute every time you hit a keystroke <laughs> i mean that was like a blessing. That <laughs> no, your computer just
3: didn't lock up. Right. Dial up is a, a connect connectivity into the wall. So, a phone jack. Yeah,
4: you're using a phone service. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: And so, what were you doing
4: at mail.com? At so, point. mail.com was, was a pretty cool idea. Uh, it was like um, it was the uh, Gmail of the time. So, a uh, company was mail.com, and they had all these affinity, affinity uh, email addresses where they owned like teacher.com or scientist.com or constructioncarpenter.com. And so, you could sign for an email account. And be like Johnny at, you know, um, I love drinks. you were buying
3: domains. They were setting they were buying up. buying
4: domains, but that was your email address. Yeah. So this is kind of cool, right? And what we did was um, we would just sell the advertising that would go around. People would have a free account, and someone has to be paid for somehow. So we would sell the advertising going around in the banners wow. on these email pages. And we would sell email distribution, you know, companies that wanted to reach people on an email. So that's what we did. And it, it, was, it was great, it was great business. But um, what happened was uh, a year and a half later, we got sold to a company called NettoPhone, which is owned by IDT. NettoPhone was a great synergy. Had voice over IP. It was the Skype of you know two thousand two thousand one. Okay, it was before mm-hmm. Skype. But think about dial up. <laughs> you you so make so these online calls <laughs> it sound like you were underwater. But idea there is when you go on the uh, site you make your call and there were ads going there so email video calls good synergy so we get acquired and that's why i met my business partners eric bamberger will, will mark with the two guys that mm-hmm. I, we did the movie with who i'm still with today and uh we all worked together for a year and then the dot-com bubble burst people may know about what happened at the time the internet uh, was know. going like a, yeah. up like a rocket ship but so fast that there were a lot of these. Bullshit companies there, you know, getting seed money and it created a bubble that burst. And IDT at the time looked at us and said, you know what, we're, we're, we're going to get out of this. We're, you know, this is this is not, you know, it's a little too risky for us. So they decided to dissolve our group, which is insane. We had a great business. We had great relationships. We saw the upside. So Will Margoloff, who's you know one of my best friends, who was the head of um, the sales department at the time. Came a bunch of us, and he said, "I think we could buy this ourselves. Like, why don't we convince them? We we'll get some investors. None of us had a pot to piss him at the time. By the way, we were in our late twenties. And um, okay, all right, we came up with some money. We got we convinced some friends to invest, and we bought this thing for a little over a million dollars. And we basically bought contracts, and we had some assets, and um, the AR. The AR was more than what." We were paying for it. All we had to do was collect some money, and we would break even. So for for, for the first six months, we were just on collections. I was just calling people, but companies were defaulting the AR,
3: because AR co- accounts, accounts receivable, Or right. just what people accounts receivable
4: collecting money from what people owed you. So I would be basically an you know a collector. <laughs> that wasn't my job. We got on the phone and tried to collect, and we collected more than what we paid for the company so we're already ahead of the game an italian so, yeah. guy
3: that collects go figure that one out how did you fit into that uh, i don't know a, a six foot two i made two, him an offer couldn't refuse. six, three, six <laughs> yeah. foot two how tall are you how tall six two. Six two. italian guy that's in the <laughs> collections huh? did you tell him what no, you, you look, you look a trendsetter what's your nickname uh my nickname what is my nickname Joey? you're a big tony to, to us <laughs> That's right. Big Tony.
4: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm a little less big Tony because I just
2: lost He's 30 pounds. <laughs> <a> slim Tony now. <laughs> I was now. bigger Tony. <laughs> He's lean Tony. So when you say you bought it, who, you're buying it from yourself? Who are you buying from? No, no. no. So, so IDT owned us
4: uh, NettoPhone, and they decided to dissolve the company. So we were like, well, we'll pay for this. But we want you know assets. We want the AR, and we'll, you know, we come up with a number. So you bought it from yeah. IDT? Yes. Okay. So we bought this NettoPhone, and it. the Mail.com came with it because, remember, mm-hmm. that was part of the deal so um we had that business for um a few years we started building it up and then we acquired this tiny little agency at the time in atlanta called 360i it had like you know 30 35 people and they just did regional southeast you know seo which is search engine optimization and search optimization and that was a business at the time and uh this little agency 360 i that we bought, and then we took that on, and we started building that up, and we started building the business we had with the Netto and the and the mostly the mail dot com. We, we and in 2005, we got bought by a Japanese portal company from Japan, and um, for over 110 million
3: dollars. Ooh, you
4: what guys,
3: f- you guys doing some math on that? So it was it? a
4: hundred timer. I don't hundred, know, do you ever have a hundred timer? Hundred again? X. The only problem is we didn't have a pot to piss in. So you know, like you know. <laughs> every dollar was 10 times, okay? Wow. I'm sorry, 100 times. Every dollar, $1 equals 100. So, you know, do the math. Um, I wish I had more money at the time. I remember going in to ask my, my father, who was, um, think of a Sebastian Maniscalco, if you know any, they talk about his father. There's a movie coming out. That's kind of my father, okay? <laughs> Off the boat, Italian. I remember going in to see my father, and I said, Dad, can you just, you know, can I borrow fifty thousand dollars? And he had the money, by the way. He's of a successful he guy, did. very of successful. He did. He's making a pizza, and then his an, an an Italian accent. And he had just um, invested in AOL on a stock, and the thing just plummeted right at the time. And he's like, "I'm
5: not gonna get involved in this internet <laughs> with you. You're crazy."
4: And he would say "internet." He would say "internet." <laughs> <laughs> And uh, he th- he literally threw me out of the house. I mean, he threw me out. I know. Oh my God. I mean, I knew I took it to the limit there. I'm like, I tried my best. Now we look back, like, had that fifty thousand yeah. worth five million. <laughs> oh <laughs> man, boy. So, well, what did you
2: initially put in?
4: Uh oh, not too much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, around hey, that amount. Around that amount.
2: You gave what you around had. that amount. That's yes. all right. Yeah, uh, which,
3: was good, which was good.
4: Which is great. By the way, all of a sudden, you know, millions. Uh, for a young guy, it was great. And then, uh, a very fortuitous thing happened. So the company that bought us, uh, the members of the board and the CEO went, got put in jail for a problem they had with, um, finances through the stock exchange in Nikkei in Japan. And, uh, the board got cleared out. We had a two year earn out, um, I think it was like 80% up front and two-year earn out. And during that two years, no one, because there was a board change, they kind of just ignored us. So two years is up. We get paid in full. We blew out our numbers, literally blew them away. We get paid in full. And we're like, these guys don't even know what we do. And it's a whole new board. No one's married to it. No one's loyal to it. So I think it was Will who came up, Margalov, who came up with this idea. And he's like,
3: let's just
2: buy, buy it, it back. again. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Wow. And like, well, and we're like, well, why would they sell it to us? He's like, we'll just tell them we're going to leave. They don't even know how to operate the business. Oh, so I said, hey, you know what? We want to buy back you know, for twenty-five cents on a dollar. Like, are you nuts? This is a fledging business. We're like, but we're all going to leave, and the company's going to implode. So they are like, screw you. We're we're gonna we're gonna find a buyer. So buyers will come in, and of course, they're going to interview. You guys, what are you guys doing? We're leaving. Wow. So. <laughs> they were forced to sell it back to us. I think it was like thirty something cents on the dollar. What? So now, so now Hold we on. made a you made a killing, and now we have money and we have more skin in the game now. Okay, because
3: so it was $100 oh, a hundred million dollar buy, a million over, dollar over 100, yeah, a, a million, basically a million, million dollar investment over hundred million dollar. And then back. when you bought it back, it was thirty cents on the dollar. The dollar of let's say that's still evaluation. thirty something million back. Something yeah, so that just for. real easy math, but that's so great. Yeah, what a great! It was an amazing opportunity at the time
4: so now we all had some money in our pockets we bought a couple of things and and we invest all have money now to really invest to make mm-hmm. to take the company now to the next level and we did that we made some acquisitions um really cool acquisitions um a company in europe we bought called uh, Netmining, which we were able to like track a behavior what you were doing on a site and have like ai intent to figure out if you were going to make a purchase so we can and we can target that 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 consumer based on what we thought they were going to buy, which is pretty cool. It's wow. just based on behavior, time sure. on site, how many mm-hmm. times you come back to look at a product. You know, you coming in to look at the widget, you went back five times in the last hour. You're probably going to buy that product. It's sitting in your cart. Let's hit them hard. Right. You know, and versus we, we versus someone though, who's yeah. not really interested. Why are we going to waste an ad on that person? So that was the premise on that. And then we had this. Fledging agency called 360 I 360 I became was a search agency that grew and We became we fell into social marketing. We became the biggest social marketing agency in the world at the time this is like we're talking about 2009 2010 around that, that time In fact, there was this famous thing that we did in 2013 <laughs> um, Remember yeah. when the Super Bowl when the lights went out. Yeah. Yes Oreo was our client and uh we were doing uh, we were doing social at the time during the game because that commercials running we were pushing out content, but they came up with an idea. Someone in our staff came up with an idea of dunk in the dark. Oh. I don't know if anyone remembers that. Wow! And they and we literally had to go up the you know the call was made. They went to the Oreo marketing team. It came back and we released dunk in the dark. Dunk in the dark and it became you know so wildly successful like right on the spot you know being spontaneous, and the agency took a lot of you know notoriety on that. Um, but what ultimately happened is in 2010, we sold the company to another Japanese company, D- D- Dentsu Holdings, which is a huge um, advertising holding company who owns tons of agencies. Um, and they bought it uh, from us around $275 million.
2: What a journey you've been on, huh? So that was,
3: wow. that was great. Wow. All of wow. a sudden, we don't worry about the movie that he failed on. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, no, we didn't come yet we felt sorry for <laughs> it now We're like wait a second someone get a calculator um
4: and then what happened was uh they bought uh, an agency which was 360i i told you we had this net mining product so it was a, an agency a technology and a kind of like uh, just figured as an we call it an ad network okay they did different things the the outside the agency it was kind of a conflict of interest at the time then didn't really know what they had of, of the other two pieces because we were kind of selling to their competitors so again the brainstorming happened like why don't we buy those two pieces and peel away so half of our uh people stayed um one of our great partners at the time um uh, brian weiner and sarah Hofstadter, they were, with us on that journey, most of that journey. They stayed at 360i. Will, Eric Bamberger, and I, and others peeled away, and then we bought the company from Denso. Wow. You know what? Uh, I'm sorry. I want to stop you here. So we, how second. many times can you but, milk the same cow? Geez. Well, you,
3: you are. I was going to say you're, 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 you are going back to the same well, right, right? Which, is, which is fine. But there's two things that I, I recognize real clearly, and I hope the audience does as well. One, it's alignment, okay, with the people, right? Alignment with the right people you can trust. And taking a a risk, although it's calculated at this point after the first round, you can kind of get a better sense of what could happen, right? The possibilities. You you know, you you need to take a a risk on yourself. You need to, again, put that energy and effort in the right place with the right people. Because it's very rare that you would hear a story like this from a individual, someone who's just self-proclaimed and done it on their own. Anthony will be the first one to admit, and he said it, whether you heard it or not, you know, he wasn't in the front leading the charge. You were listening, following, taking stock in guys like Will and Eric and said, okay, I'm positioned correctly here. Now just follow, you know, the strength of numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Where does where does Zeta come in now? Okay. So-
4: we peeled off in 2014, and we really built. You buy grid. yourselves back. We we'll buy ourselves back for the same dollar for, amount or more. Uh, for a lot less. Why? Uh, a lot less because we took only a, a component of the. Because three. the 360. Was, I got okay. The I got 360 broke off. Yeah. We got, but this time we had like big banks investing. Yeah. You know, like uh-huh. you know we and we again bucked up again, uh, believes in ourselves. Um, company was called Ignition One. Uh, we kept the net mining brand too. We had these two brands. And we did great. We had some really great um, um, continuation of the relationships we had where we built on those. We had some big brands, Um, companies. I think at one point we had 500 employees where we were, you know, we we started out with. Twelve guys. We built it up to over a thousand with, with 360 identity. And then when we peeled off, we, we started out with like maybe 150 and built that up back to 500 people. And you so, kept the clients you had kept a, well, every client and started adding. We were global. We had offices around the world. And um, at the time and around that time, there were problems going on in the industry where some companies were going out of business and um, how it works with, companies like us is that you know you you have your uh, your clients who need to pay you sometimes they don't pay you in six months but you have to pay your costs out front so you have a how to have a credit um partner in between where they give you little loans anyway there were a couple of companies in our industry that started defaulting so the money got tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter to a point where something had to give so we needed help so enter uh, zeta global which saved our asses okay we had a great company got great people we had great clients and um you know hmm. david steinberg being a brilliant entrepreneur he is saw a company assets in us that were really uh of value and um hmm. and then we became part of that, that company and uh well most of the same guys all the great people stayed because it was a great company and all the yeah riff-raff worry we probably had a you know cut left uh, but zeta's smart they know how to keep the right people and um and it's been amazing since so from 2019 to now um that's where i am so i'm with the same wow. group of guys i mean literally the same core since you know i haven't
2: interviewed for a job since 1999. <laughs> that's amazing and now uh, so zeta acquired you in 2019 2019 yeah got it
4: but you know, again, what John was saying is you, you you can have the greatest ideas in the world and lots of companies do. What I learned, it's the people. People are most important by far. You could have a mediocre idea and have a great team of people and it's going to go somewhere. You can have the greatest idea with a mediocre and it could fall. Yeah, people are the
3: most competitive advantage mm-hmm. you And that's you can what find. you invest in. Yep.
4: You invest in people, not just ideas. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is you think about, people always ask us, how did you guys stay together for so long? Because we learned how to complement each other rather than overstep each other. Everybody knew their lanes. You know, I'm not great at everything. Will's not great at everything. Eric's not great at everything. The other, you know, we had Chris Hansen, this other great entrepreneur that was with us. We all weren't great at everything, but we knew where we could complement each other. The things I was great at that they weren't at, I helped them, but the things I sucked at, OK, they helped me on and we all fit in like a piece like a puzzle and we all respected each other. Um, and that's how we were able to stay together, um, you know, because you're you're in the fight. I mean, when you're an owner of a business, working 24 seven, you know, I'm working 20 hour days. I'm working on weekends. This is why, you know, you know, my man became a loser in the house because I'm working so much and they am not paying attention enough to my family, especially when you're younger and you try to build yourself. But you got to sweat it out. You got to take the risk. You got to put the time in. You're not going to get anywhere unless you, you,
3: you do all those things. Scream it loud, top of the mountains. Again, from a guy who's climbed up the mountain and sits today in a position that I would say is uh, looking over and, and certainly reaping the benefits of a lot of hard work. Yep. So we're going to just take a break and, and come back and wrap things up with Anthony Martinelli on the uh, Johnny Drinks podcast.
1: Shopping for humans is hard. Shopping for your dog is easy, thanks to Bark. Every month, we deliver toys and treats just for your dog. They deserve to be spoiled anyway. At Bark, we send your dog a whole new collection of toys and treats made just for them every single month. Whether it's our fun plush toys from BarkBox or our ultra-tough toys from Super Chewer, we give your dog exactly what they want. For a limited time, we'll double your first box for free. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com iHeart
6: Lazarus Naturals. It's not about being the best in the world. It's about doing what's best for the world. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.
7: Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.
2: So Anthony, you, you mentioned working with a team. I think that's super important to be cohesive. What are you great at? I know you said there's things that everybody else is good at and you're not so good at things, but what are your like, What are your day-to-day roles, I guess? Collects money. <laughs> Collects money.
4: I'm a people person, I'm a problem solver. Um, I think I'm really good at being spontaneous and being able to pivot and not staying in the lanes.
3: Um,
4: and you're I a think good friend. Those are the things I'm really good you're at. You're a good
3: friend. You are a good friend. I, I try it, to be every day. You <laughs> you
4: are.
2: Yeah. Well, it, so, it pays to have good friends back. There you so. go. Well what are what are your have your day-to-day roles changed since being acquired by Zeta? Um
4: well, yeah, day to day, you know, my, my, my job has expanded where I have, you know, very high level um, clientele where it's a, it just keeps on growing because, it, you know, the business name helps. And then my former relationships lead to new relationships. So that's greatly expanded, I think, in the last three or four years where, you know, there's a few, only one or two holding companies I was really dealing with. And now it's most of them. And um, they're really brilliant people working at these companies. When I'm, That's why I love my job where I'm engaging with you know you know great great clients great and who become friends like real friends like like the greatest thing about my job is that you get to meet people every day and you know 99 percent are you know business acquaintances without you know maybe even half percent or less than half percent become wait a minute i could hang out with that person yeah and then you have these amazing relationships that last the rest of your life you know which is pretty amazing
2: what is your day-to-day
4: my day to day is I lead a team dealing with high level contracts with these holding companies. I mentioned Densu, there's Densu, there's Publicis, there's WPP, there's Omnicom, you know, to name a few. And um, uh, our team sets these uh, contracts up these throughout these holding companies, where you know we give um, some benefits based on volume on, uh, on, on, uh, on being able to provide services um, and solutions for them. So um, there's a lot of weaving in and out to get, you know, there's a lot of competition out there, you know, you know and um, we have to really present ourselves uh, and be able to articulate, you know, what our value prop is and have the right people to do that. And then at the end of the day, we have to perform. When you actually mm. you get a deal in, you have to perform. You have to do your job. And that's, that's when it gets, you know, like that's when you, you can actually start growing your business. And that's, that's and you have to have the right people to do that. It's not just the right technology. There's a lot of AI. And there's a lot of automation we have. But you have the right communication. Even just follow-up. It's just so important. Like, you know, I teach people that, you know, that have worked with through the years younger than me. I'm like, you get an email. And you know the answer and then you'll sit there and like and you wait six hours to get back to them. And the person sitting there and be like, Did they get my email? Just to respond and say, Got it, confirming receipt, get back to you at three o'clock. And at three o'clock, if you don't have the answer, hey, I know it's three o'clock, I'll get back to you tomorrow morning. But the little things like that put you above. And um, you know, that's part of what makes a great company is the people. And you've drilled that into your employees. Yeah. Definitely. And then, you know, you learn you learn you learn through it, right? You know, experience is what gets you to, you know, where you're gonna go. And you have to have the right mentors, you know, to do that. People willing to take the time. Um, you know, it's important. I am I'm, luckily I've had some great mentors in my life. And um, you know, that's really that's really important. You know, and when people when someone takes you under their wing, um, consider that special and don't Take that for granted, mm. whether it be a co-worker or an uncle or your father or your mother or your aunt or your, you know, a friend, um, you know, someone who's been through it and, and being a mentor, I think it's
2: important to latch on to. And you're saying that from both ends, you have mentors and mentees. Yeah. Right now. Definitely. I have people call me their mentors.
4: I'm very flattered by that. And I didn't even <laughs> think I was, but, you know, like you've been a mentor to me. I'm like, I have. I'm like, And they'll point out, five. I'm like, I guess I guess so. Everyone should be a mentor but I've had and a protégé, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm sure your dad is a great mentor to you. Yeah.
3: I mean. Oh, really? Let's go deeper. <laughs> Let's
2: go deeper with this. Please, talk more about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, how, many, how many people are you managing personally? Uh, personally, I have four. And then there's, if
4: you really want to dot lines, it's you know, almost 100 people. Dotted, though. You know There's other groups. It's, it's a complicated thing. But no, no uh, leader should have probably more than eight reporting mm-hmm. to them at one time
2: that's a good point
4: because then you start needing levels because that's too much to manage right a direct report you know, you're, 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 right. a direct yeah. report right. Right. i think eight is probably the right number uh with a max number mm-hmm. any more than eight it starts to get a little convoluted that's when you start needing another layer between four and eight is probably great you know great balance so and right now i'm at four i probably end up you know with a couple more in the next year or two do you ever get those four together all the time all the time yeah we're always you know texting and you know, there's formal meetings, but we're always like you know riffing on each other, and you know you have teams, and you know we're, we're always in contact. Our our business is, I would like to, say it's almost twenty four seven because there's always things going on. It's different time too. time zones, and
3: you know, you know what's interesting about your business, as deep, as deep gets in technology, as this business is, I am so impressed with how, it is boots on the ground, press the flesh. Meetings, face to face, dinners, ta- time that is yeah. invested, and and to his point, um, it is a, a we've s- taken you on a, on a
4: bunch, yeah. and you've seen
3: and, it, and, and that's what <laughs> that's Anthony. That is probably one of the greater things that I enjoy. That you not only have fun, but you're surrounding yourself with the like-minded people that want to accomplish the same goals, and everyone is cohesive. You have people you sit down and play golf with, and at tables with their. competitors like true competitors of one another yet they do one thing a little different so they complement one another that does not happen everywhere i don't know actually anywhere any other industry It happens that happens in um maybe a little bit in now the space the liquor space i see a lot of distilleries that have each other's back and they use each other's for for technology and experience and sometimes if they need uh grain or they need some sort of product they help each other out but this is old school meeting new world and um it's just impressive to to watch unfold really
4: and also you know with changing times there's nothing nothing like a face-to-face nothing people still relate to people and it's harder to do on a screen and we actually you know because you're a lot more formal on the screen where here you know it's like you're in you know you're together Like if we were doing this you just don't have the interaction mm. know, the body language mm-hmm. but just to be able to like kind of go off script you know in any situation you have and start to really get to know someone you know people want to do business with people they like and trust it's hard to do that you know on a screen how do you get to know somebody you know and you know that's how, that's where the trust level comes in
3: you know did you know you you bring up a, a- unbelievably important point and a valid point, which is, so if we're on a Zoom call together and I have something that crosses my mind as a question, I may not interrupt you and probably won't interrupt you because you're going to still talk. And yet then something else happens and I, I lost my opportunity to ask the question. If I'm face to face, I can say, well, wait a second, can you back up? You know, can you? You're not going to do that on a Zoom call. It was rushed. Because, right, there's a time limit and there's other people and maybe the, the, the dynamic is such that you're a little embarrassed. You say, oh, I want to ask that question. Maybe someone will answer it for me, right? So face-to-face yep. is so invaluable. And I think a lot of younger people that listen to you say that are going to argue the point and say, no, I'm just as effective. And I, that's how we do it. We text, we short bursts, and, and we get a lot done the, the, with the benefit of technology.
4: It's funny how you talk about younger people. So I have you know younger nieces and nephews, and they ask me, like, you know, what could I do to like be a cut above? And not to be um that critical, but just to speak reality, it it it's come down to <laughs> you if you do the basics right now, you're above. <laughs> I mean, it's so true. Come in a little early, that's a huge, you know, instead of on time like, you know, go to your boss and just ask, you know. What else can I do for you? You know, write a handwritten note instead of just some text. You know, um, it's just, it's the basic little things that used to be the norm that it's not done anymore. And if you just take that extra time, you will rise above the crop. I mean, you will really rise. You know, um, be more um, punctual. Punctual about that. Just be more uh, 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 social. Beyond be the screen you know what I mean like you know uh, take your boss out to lunch you know like it, these sound like old fashioned things but this <laughs> because you know what out of the hundred people there might be two people taking your boss out to lunch okay because you have people aren't thinking about it anymore Yeah. okay just do the basics and you will be that much better it's just incredible what it's come down to So, <laughs> you know? do you have, what do you do you have think? employees like, stand out like that too what's that do you have younger employees that stand out like that too yes I mean I've, I've had <laughs> it's funny the other day uh, someone came up She's more of an established employee. She's new. I mean, mm. she's been there a while. I don't know if you guys watch Ted Lasso, but they're in sure. Ted Lasso, that you know, he comes in with the little... Someone came the... in the other day and handed me a little box with a little cookie thing in there. And I'm like, I'm not going to forget this. I went home. I told my wife and I told my family. I'm like, you can't believe this new employee came in and, and it wasn't corny. It made her memorable. I'll never... I'll, I'll remember that. I told... I've also tell I'm telling the story now. <laughs> <laughs> like, just, you know, just... Yep, do above you know what normally you think you should be doing,
3: and mm-hmm. um, you really go. So w- when you up. hear that, what do you think personally? Because we've had similar conversations, similar conversations. I think there's a lot had, of people feeling tired Which is, now, if which... you have an option, you know, if you have an option, I've said this to him, and we did one podcast. You have an option between a face-to-face meeting or a Zoom call. Which one is it? If you have uh, an opportunity between a, an email or a text, which one? Pick so, up the phone
4: up the phone
3: <laughs> yeah
4: you know I, it sounds like oh here's the corny old guy no it's not i mean like interaction this is this is but look i saw your um i watch your stuff you're oh. talking about working from home and i think one of your hmm? yeah. podcasts i think there's a balance okay there's two sides should we all be working from home should we be in the office i think you need both and i'll mm-hmm. tell you why when you're in the office it's great great interaction okay but I can't tell you how many times I'm in an office where I'm saying hello to Sally and I'm saying hello to Bob and I'm mm-hmm. saying hello to Jane. And all of a sudden I'm looking at my dad I'm like, I probably wasted an hour and a half of <laughs> Little, you know, where at home I could have been like commuting, rocking yeah. through like my day, you know? And, you know, there's someone came in, we had the office phone, and they're like, I'm looking for so-and-so. And I'm like, I can't find him for the last hour. And I'm like, if we're all home, I bet you find him in two seconds. So there are some of the benefits sure. of working from home. There, there are days that when I'm working from home, I can roll through, I can end the meeting at, you know, three fifty nine, and be at the meeting. The next meeting at four. Where if you're in the office, you're bouncing around between conference rooms. You're late to meetings. The tech's not working right because you're sitting in a room and you got to call the IT guy. I mean, there's a lot of inefficiencies, but to have that face to face is is so valuable. So there, I think there's a balance. There's a couple of days a week where you can really get a lot of work done from home, but then you should be in the office. You know, well, a couple of days as the, well. And I think I think that's today. where the world should go to. Right. It's it's not an either or. And you just have to know what kind of business you're in and whatever. You know, with me, with my salespeople, I just want them to be in front of their customers. They don't have to be in the office. Just be in front of their customers, you know, be interacting.
5: Yeah. I
2: was going to say that sales especially, like if you're trying to convince somebody to do something, whether it's buy or whatever, being in person, you're going to have a better chance of Mm -hmm. doing that. Mm -hmm. Right. Like you and I
3: just discussed, we're supposed to meet with some guys or they said, can you meet? And we couldn't meet at the time that they could meet this week. So he is going to try to be available. When they yeah, I mean, hopefully they're still available. But if that wouldn't wasn't laid out for either one of us to meet them, they would jump right to a Zoom call, and I wouldn't even be really be able to participate on it, right? So pump the brakes and say, well, if we we, especially the first this would be the first meeting. I I, have never met them.
2: You haven't. Oh, Oh,
3: that's my point. So I've never met these guys, and yet we're potentially going to line up for a very long-term relationship putting aside the deal it's a relationship and so I defer like you back to um, that holds a lot of stock and a lot of value because I want to see body language I want to see how you interact I want to see how you uh, honestly after your first cocktail what kind of person you are those things matter and don't think for a second someone else isn't Trying to do the same thing to evaluate. Well, am I going to invest in these guys? Are these the right kind of people? So, yeah, a lot to to consider um, about the value of meeting face to face. Yeah,
4: totally. Um, I brought this guitar here because where told is me it? To.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Oh, I told you here. to. The conversation started. Listen, the I'll only the, thing was planned uh, was he goes, I'll do the podcast. Goes, why don't I'm, you
4: bring? Why don't you bring your guitar?
3: Well, so basically, Yeah.
4: And um, I mean, but on. Talked about I, I, I was in a band my whole life, you know, I always loved music. Cover band, I wanted to be a rock star. And uh, you know, by the time you're in your late teens, after college, you figure out you got to devote your whole life to it, or go into a career. But what I did was, you know, suit and tie during the week, and on weekends, mm. jamming in bars in Hoboken and the Hamptons and Jersey Shore, and I did it for many years. That networking was amazing.
3: And, That's uh, AKA I, meaning how you met <laughs> the ladies. Networking. I mean,
4: what I would love to do is. Give you guys a couple shakers and we'll do it like a little song. I'll give you guys oh. a couple of shakers. You might have to take a break because I oh. think the shakers are out yeah. there. Yeah. Um, Let's do it. That was just, a gift. But this guitar, as part. as this guitar, by the way, is a very special story. We're talking about my mentor. My dad is my mentor. He's taught me so much, so much. From Italy, off the boat, came here in 1963, grew up on a farm in Italy, making wine and olive oil, uh, came to this country with my mother. My mother was six months pregnant 20 years old, didn't know a word of English and he's made i mean i say he's a millionaire yeah multimillionaire where he he, he built uh, businesses and restaurants and he became a builder and amazing but
3: they kicked you out of the house and he's still your mentor
4: <laughs> yes but um, you know he came he came to this country and he became a, one of his first jobs in the early 60s was uh, he became a car, guitar craftsman and uh, he gets to this company called Guild Guitars in Hoboken, which is right here. It's an amazing company, Guild Guitar. It still exists today. And um, they've moved, though, since they're not in Hoboken anymore. So he comes to this country. And um, it was actually a time where, as an immigrant, you're not just, you know, working in construction and doing, you know, landscaping jobs. There were manufacturing jobs, a lot of them. Where my mother worked in a, in a sewing factory. My, da- my dad got a job uh, as a woodworker in his guitar company. And he knew how to dabble with wood. And there were old Italians working there at the time in their 60s. And everybody was making the guitars, you know, handmade and, you know, take a lot of time. And my father saw all these amazing machines as a 20-year-old that no one was using, these new machines. And think about today, mm. like, it's the young generation who was like the cutting edge and who's moving. So he sees these machines, like, why aren't these old guys using this? And he figured out a way within a couple of months to turn eight necks a day carved per person to 24 wow so all of a sudden the owners in the company was like oh this guy's this kid's amazing and he taught the old guys how to use the machinery and he grew up in the company anyway so 64 hits and it's the beatles at sullivan you know and the guitar orders just were through the roof so my father got to cha- train a lot of people and he grew up in the company so i had to build guitar in college and it got stolen so i said to my father one day i will find one of these guitars and that you made and hopefully I'll find one one day so years later we're talking about maybe 10 years ago I started looking and my dad was there from 64 to 72 he was in um um he was building them between 64 and 67 and repairs 67 to 72 repairing for like famous people like John Denver and uh Tommy Smothers and Richie Havens it's got a good career there and uh so i started searching i'll be on ebay and this plate right here under the plate was where it was an archaic process where they would like put their initials on who made the carving That's, instead okay. of like a serial number or anything but it does say Holboken inside here um this guitar so under this plate it would have these initials so i would bid on ebay and 99.9 percent <laughs> of the time his initials wouldn't be there it would be someone else's or none and a couple of times where I, I put a bid to get the process going in, and I call the seller later. And this one time I win the bid, the guitar comes. I spent thousands on this guitar. I take the plate off. His initials aren't there. So I, mm. now I finally, I want to surprise my father. I tell him the story. He's like, that's a 1970. It was 64 to 67 I was making them. You're, you're looking in the repair years. You got to narrow your search down. I'm like, I didn't even uh. think of that. So a couple years go by, same thing happens. I put a bid on this guitar. And uh I forget I didn't call that I win the bid. I'm like, shit, guitar comes in again. <laughs> like now we have two of these things. So um Jeez. there you go. So uh my father's over for dinner the night it arrives, and I tell him I'm telling him the story. He goes, You wasted your money. In my by the way, in my father's eyes, I waste my money all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. wasted your money again. Like, you know what the long shot is? like, He's like, where is it? I'm like, it's in a box. He takes the box out. You look at it. He grabs his guitar. He's like, this is a 67. I'm like, how did you know? He goes, I could tell by the neck. I was like floored at it. I'm like, wow. I'm like, dad, you really are embellishing when you tell these stories. But uh, we get the screwdriver out and uh, he takes the screws off. We pull the plate out and we see M.M. Michael Martinelli. Wow. And I was like, wow, it was meant to be. And this is the way it happened. So he's holding this guitar, and he's like, I was tearing up. And my dad's not a tear up kind of guy. And he's like, 50 years ago, this guitar was a piece of wood. And it went through probably the whole world, and it's back in my hands. So it actually works out great, because the one, first one I bought is the one I drag around and play everywhere. And this one I only bring out for a special occasions because this is the one he made. Mm. So this is going to like become a fairly... That's, family heirloom. Uh, this Great is a special story. occasion, huh? So you want to go get your shakers? Yeah, so You yeah. guys can help me.
3: Yep, I will. Wait.
4: Right. Are we going to play a song? You guys are going to be the percussion. Hold on, I'll get two shakers. And I we'll, just... uh, so I, while I'm on this break here, um, you know, I, I don't play music as much as I used to. Now I become a roadie for my son mm. uh, who writes some songs. And... uh I have to plug him because I'm on here. He's on Spotify. He's on uh, Anthony Martinelli. Yep. There you go. Same name as me. Anthony Martinelli. He's been writing songs. He's got a song called Late July and Worth It right on Spotify, Apple Music, all streaming services. And he has uh, a couple new songs coming out in the next week or two. Okay. And I become his roadie. Love that. So that's my job now. I just tune his guitar and make sure he's good. But he's 16 years old. And uh, how is he? He's, I think he's amazing he's pretty, I'm pretty proud of him he that's writes great. all his own music and they have meaningful lyrics kind of an Ed Sheeran meets Harry Styles kind of vibe Good. but he has a band too and he plays rockers and um, so he's been using this guitar a lot he's recording with us right now so that's awesome um, it's a little, little difficult go. right here So, uh, Johnny, Johnny, grab my, uh, case. What? Is Johnny grabbing my case? I think he's shaker? grabbing it, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, we're in tune. Okay, so what I need you to do is, can you, did you ever work a shaker before? You know, a little egg shaker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you hold it up to your ear, and you get a little vibe going, and a little shaker, and you get a little rhythm going, and then we'll, uh into it all right i think i can handle that yeah you know a little music you know, do you guys have a theme song yet mm, like you know, know. here's johnny
2: <laughs> <laughs> nothing like that but we do have we do have one yeah yeah that's great yeah we have like a little yeah, i would say what's like 50 jazz type of style yeah. you know we try to emulate the frank sinatra vibes i love it yeah yeah i'm trying to get my son into frank sinatra is that it's at, hard to get
4: I try to think about when I you know I was just exposed to it through my family and I think it just hit me I think maybe after college like wow he is really that talented.
2: It only hit me a couple of years ago. Yeah. You know, when we do this stuff. Yeah.
4: It's it's hard to it's, too, slow. But it's uh, yeah, but if you as a singer by the way, if you really appreciate how he down, phrases uh, and what he does with his voice, no one the reason why he is Frank Sinatra because <laughs> no one could really do it as well as. Right. So, right. You know, and there's actually a great book called i recommend it to everyone out there who want to learn about life and Where'd challenges it's called the way you wear your hat it's okay. about sinatra it's about how he's lived his life and how he took charge of his life the way you wear your hat amazing book Wait, right. um,
2: got
4: you. You, you no not those shakers all right you could do it it's yeah let's try it that way it's okay can drink. you go all right, so the, you didn't. He got a He got a. I actually got egg shakers for you, but he it's okay. No, no. Shakers. If you if you could actually do I, this, I this, this would be it. amazing. I'm never. Even... Okay. So, so do you know how to keep a rhythm? So I need you.
2: How to you with this? All right, it's
4: a
5: Beo song. I just seen a face, I can't forget the time or place where we just met. She's just a girl for me. now all the world to see we've met. Light I head, I head, I'd have been another day, I might have looked the other way, but I would never have been aware. But as it is, I'll dream of her tonight. Light I had, I head, Falling, yes, I'm falling And she keeps calling me back again Oh, falling, yes, I'm falling And she keeps calling me back again One more time. All right. Falling, yes, I'm falling And she keeps calling me back again
3: My man, this is why we brought this guy. Wow. You guys are awesome. <laughs> You're the best. <laughs> Hell
4: yeah.
3: I mean, talk about wow. improv.
4: I mean, you guys are wow, listen, anyway, I can't, you know, anyone can join the next time we play, you that's, guys could be I'm in the guy. I got to so get, ready, right ready, right for get, ready, for get ready for con. I got to get ready for con. Can you teach the bartenders doing some bars while the bands play? At that, At was
2: great. That, that was a That was awesome. Yeah, I'm ready. Well, I think that's it for the day. How how else are we going to end this? That's That's the best way to end.
3: I think we're going to ask him two questions like we do.
2: Oh, I mean, it's kind of.
3: Oh, it's never sort of mind. It's right. only, we only ask the two questions when he wants to ask the two questions.
2: Then ask the two questions if
3: you'd like to. Nope. It's your, it's your show. I'm just, well, actually. I this thought it was, was your show. This yeah, week. this was. I was the so host. So then ask your today. questions. So we try to ask, try, because we do it, I think, consistently. Maybe not every time. Uh, the most humbling experience in your life and the most successful experience in your life. Wow. Yeah, this is where it gets deep.
4: Uh the most successful experience in my life is I was at a gig with my cover band and I wasn't supposed to be at Wait, there. can you just talk? About- uh, oh, I was a gig um, thinking <laughs> uh, with my cover band and um, I was at a gig I didn't want to be at. I wasn't supposed to be at. And it was the night I met my wife.
3: Nice. Go oh, on. It's
4: the most successful <laughs> uh poignant best timing uh, I don't think she ever would have talked to me if I wasn't in the band. Um, <laughs> I don't even think, yeah, no way. <laughs> uh, humbling. Wow, there's been a lot of those. Uh, I've, wow. I'm godfather to, I think, eight godchildren. And only a couple through family, and I have such dear friends who have given me that honor. I think it's amazing. I'm pretty humbled when someone's come to me and said, you know, I want you to be Godfather or best man. Um, I think it's touching and I'm lucky to have amazing friends. And you're, you guys mm-hmm. are, I mean, Johnny's one of them. Definitely.
3: My you're man. Awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah. And actually we can't let you leave until you give us your, okay. you were so anxious at the I, beginning. I, we almost forgot. My, my that was the, be- that was the best gift, by the way. <laughs> Just singing like that.
4: They didn't know they were going to do that. <laughs> that
3: Impromptu. So, uh,
4: that thing falls. Okay, so there's a couple things. I, I didn't really know what to get. It was a, it was a ball here.
3: A golf ball? Okay. No, no, no oh. it's one of them. Oh.
4: So uh, you said to bring something, and of course I didn't really read the whole email um, until last night. And there were three things. So you call me Big Tony. And um, I just got this as a gift, and I thought this was kind of funny. This is a big Tony golf ball. Oh. This is Big Tony on here, so you know you can hopefully oh, use can that. Oh home. yeah. Okay. The other thing is, um, do you guys know this? TX is one of my. It's not an expensive whiskey. I just really like it. Each hide on top is a unique hide from a bootmaker in uh, Fort Worth, Texas. That's awesome. And I found out about this. I had some time to burn year, a couple of years ago, and I went in to get cowboy boots, and I realized it's like buying a car. Yeah. I mean, and that uh, was a whole process. And he said, would you, like, would you like something to drink? And I tried this, and I thought it's just really smooth and everything. And each, uh, there's a hide, a unique hide on this. And I just, uh, not too many people know about this.
3: Cool. So thank I figured I'd
4: introduce it. To, you know, oh, thank you. It has a, thank a you, great Tony. caramel vanilla taste to it, if you right. like that. All right. And finally, this is the one. Uh, I thought of, so to me, my, my most important thing or right, relationships, my family, of course, uh, my friends and, uh, a bunch of years ago, I made this wine called the four dons. Okay. Four of us made this and it's not really about the wine. It was about making the wine and the friendships I have and just putting this together. And on the back of this label, there's, um, my good friend, Charlie Camara. We call him Carlo Dave Penske. And my dad and me. And there's a little story about how we made the wine and what we did and the That's love great. that went into it. And there's some pictures here. And there's four dons here. And it says, uh, from the earth to your wine glass, the four dons offer you a taste that you can't refuse. <laughs> <laughs> I love
3: it. So uh I love it. About it's about friendship. It's about friendship. Cherish thank it. You well so much. Much. Thank you very much. And you know, this is what we we ask of each of our Uh, guests to bring something so we can remember and cherish and the uh, wall has pictures and there's items placed in and around the podcast room so this is special I think this one though we have to drink I don't think we're going to just display this one I think I could display the, the, the label's better than the actual one. Well, maybe I, so. Maybe I so. Do I use <laughs> the golf ball to remember you with I think a hole one? Use
4: the golf ball,
3: make it a hole of one.
4: You could you could drink that. The label's right. kind of I like the label, I'm pretty proud of yeah, that. It's label. Cool. That's cool. All sick, right, I mean, so we'll display it. Then. <laughs> we'll
3: display this. How's that? That's cool. Yeah. All right, well, thank you, Okay, Anthony. You're the it's man, it's been an honor. Thank you. You delivered. Thank you guys d- d- are amazing. You delivered. I didn't
4: even know what to expect today. And this was, you know, I was like, what am I going to talk about?
3: I'm glad you enjoyed Again, one of life's lessons you show up and things happen. So, right. thank you again. Appreciate you. you guys Love you. Thanks for watching. Thank Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers.
0: No one likes to talk about money. Am I saving enough? Can I buy a house? Am I paying too much in taxes? Will I be able to retire? What if you could unlock insights about your finances in less than five minutes with a clear picture of where you stand today and where your money can work harder? Now you can. Visit facet.com to take the free quiz and get your financial wellness score today. That's F-A-C-E-T dot com. This ad is sponsored by Facet. Facet Wealth Incorporated is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice.
6: With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency, where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals. It's not about being the best in the world. It's about doing what's best for the world. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Farm
7: to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.
0: I'm Mark Gordon, Republican Governor of Wyoming. And I'm Michelle Lujan Grisham, Democratic Governor of New Mexico. We're here to talk about one of our oldest, most cherished American traditions. We're talking about disagreement. Our country was founded by people who disagreed on just about every issue. And yet they still got the job done. By asking questions, listening, and staying curious. There's one thing we hope we'll always agree on. That it's
1: okay to disagree the right way.
2: A message from the National Governors Association.